Welcome back to Six Pennies Podcast. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Farmers Insurance and Derek Shaw. Don't be caught unprepared. Next time there's a flood, a hurricane, or you're in a car accident, make sure to get a home, a life, or an auto insurance quote today. D. Shaw is eagerly awaiting your call. His phone number is 214-729-6462. You can send him a text message. You can start up a FaceTime with him. I'm sure he's available. And he'll give you a consultation and some free advice as well as a quote, again, on home, life, or auto insurance. You can check him out on his Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Derek Shaw Insurance, S-H-A-W. Our listeners know by now his name. And once again, his phone number is 214-729-6462. Farmers offers all sorts of discounts for various occupations. They offer discounts for new roofs. And if you mention Six Pains Podcasts, he will give you an incredible deal on top of all of that. Once again, that's D. Shaw. He's been with us from the start, and his phone number is 214-729-6462. Okay, it's my favorite time of the year. We're fi- we finally made it. We are here, man. This is where everybody feels like they're NBA championship contenders. This is where we all feel like NBA experts as well. And um, yeah, this is more exciting to me than the regular season, than the playoffs, than even the finals. Uh, even though I was I was pretty into it this year, uh, but this snuck up on us because the season just ended um, one month ago, pretty much, and now we're already into free agency and the draft, and then the season will start a month after this. So, Albie, how are you feeling about the season starting so soon? Um, as a LeBron fan, it it doesn't bode well for him, but it I think it's already proven or reported that he's going to be picking his spots early and often, anyways. Uh, so, for those who are listening and and you know, big gamblers. I do like the Lakers team total wins under this year, just because I see LeBron just taking taking it easy because it's only 50, 55 days of, of rest from the last game of the NBA Finals to the first game of the 2020-2021 season. So um, that's regarding LeBron. Regarding yeah, Dallas, I I, 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 I am I am in agreement with you on on LeBron and the Lakers. Like. It doesn't bode well for the regular season, but I think long-term it doesn't make a difference. Like you said, he's going to pick his spots, and all that matters for LeBron is getting into the playoffs, which I'm sure they will, and uh, he'll be fresh for the the rest of the season. I, th- I think it might be actually better for him since he's obviously not uh, not getting any younger now. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Like If it, if it does get delayed even further, he's only going to lose more hair, so you're right. As far as the Mavericks are concerned, I think it's a good thing. They're younger. They were playing well to end the season. This gives them a little more opportunity to to get back together and, and play sooner rather than later. Only thing is they're, they have a lot of moving pieces coming up. A lot of the rumors we've heard in the last 24 hours or all the player movement in the last 24 hours have been revolved around Dallas. I know there's some talks about their draft pick and maybe Lou Williams and some of that, but um, nothing concrete yet. We are not talking about the Mavericks today. That's the that's the news. Sorry, sorry, Alby. Um, let's go back to the Lakers because they actually have our first trade of trade season that we want to talk about, and that's Dennis Schroeder heading to the Lakers, uh, coming from the Thunder. How do you feel that's uh, how you feel that's for the Lakers? Do you think that's a good move for them? And in terms of everything that they had to send out. So I would say one thing. I think Danny Green is a good guy. I think, um, you know, I've listened to a couple of his podcasts and also a couple of podcasts where he guests appears on a few of them. He's a good guy, very um, well-spoken, good head on his shoulders. Um, but I think... Oh, you're going to bash him now. You're going to bash him. Yeah, I mean, as, as outside of his defense, he played, he played average defense in the finals, which was nice to see. But his shooting was horrendous. His playmaking is non-existing, existent, and you know he he's not a positive player on the court for them. He might be great in terms of leadership and and locker room camaraderie, but Dennis Schroeder provides something that they need sorely, and that's someone that playmakes, someone that can slice and dice the defense, attack the rim, and get free buckets. So I think this is a big win for them. I don't think they gave up too much. Dennis Schroeder is also in a contract year, which is uh, you know, always interesting for players, especially at his age at 27 years old. I think he's going to go you know, 100 miles per hour and, and play his best basketball. I think this is a good move for L.A. He's only 27 years old, huh? I mean, part of me is like, oh, I know he's a young guy, but then the other part is he's been in trade rumors for like five years already. So 
it's a little surprising, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on Danny Green. The guy is is done. He won three championships on three different teams. So kudos to him. But great trade for the Lakers to get a younger guy who can do more. Who played really well on the Thunder as the what sec- third option off the bench and stuff, and and just being kind of complimentary. Uh, playmaker ball handler that's exactly what he's going to do in LA but like you said when LeBron's off the floor they finally have somebody else who can do something which is definitely a plus for the Lakers I think they shored up their championship team and um, interested to see what else is going to go down in LA let's do it um, I'm excited I don't I don't know if LeBron has enough to win another one um, but they definitely should be contending oh they're definitely gonna be contenders they're probably still favorites um, in the West, though, it's going to be challenging because teams are loading up like the Phoenix Suns. The the Phoenix Suns, Ooh. who are on like a bender after winning eight straight games in the bubble, uh, they, they think they can do it. Yeah, that's a, a pun intended. Uh, <laughs> they, they think they can do it. They think they can s- sneak into the playoffs, even though there's like 10 playoff teams in the West. And so they made the trade for Chris Paul just the other day. They traded... Um, Ricky Rubio, who, who did pretty well for them, uh, Kelly Oubre, and a first-round pick in a couple years to pair him with Devin Booker. I think short-term, it's really good for Booker and Aiton to have a playmaker there. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know if this this really does much for the Suns and if it's uh, the right kind of deal for them to make. Uh, Albie, what do you think? Yeah, the way I see it, if you were to grade this trade in a vacuum, OKC wins it you know, 100%. Um, I think as as far as the assets that came back for Chris Paul, they were awesome. Kelly Oubre is underrated, is a good player. And Rick Rubio um, has always been a serviceable point guard. And, you know, he's a winning player himself. I would say this, though, for the Phoenix Suns front office to keep guys like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, who's going to be up for contract talks in a couple years, these are the moves that you have to make as a small to middle market team. Um, you have to keep your superstars happy. They did go 8-0 in the bubble, so there is excitement there in Phoenix. And they, you know, this, even though you're right, like this doesn't push them over the hump in, in any means, but this does get, um, get them in uh, legitimate playoff contention discussion. And... Who knows? Like Chris Paul can have a similar year as he did last year. He was the clutchest player in the league, and you couple that with uh, Devin Booker, who also himself is unafraid of big moments. I think it could be a, a team where they end games really well. Many people did forget that the Phoenix Suns started out hot, really hot in the 2019-2020 season, and they just, you know, DeAndre Ayton had that I don't injury. know steroids thing and then oh, injury. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and a lot of things went wrong for them. Like everything went wrong for them and they barely missed the playoffs. So I think this does get them into the playoffs, but it's only going to be a first round exit. I mean, you can't really just put somebody in the playoffs. Somebody else has to come out. Right. So, um, that, that's the tricky part. The West is Houston. (laughs) See a Houston, see a OKC. I guess that that's a, a pretty easy swap to bring the Suns in. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think when you're at this point, if you believe in your young stars and you think that they can take you to the next level or that, you know, or that they're just good enough for your team, um, you know, not every team is always going to contend for a championship. There's teams that just want to make the playoffs or or get a couple rounds. I know Phoenix is one of those teams. They've been trying to get to the playoffs for the last five or six years now. Um, so it's definitely a move they have to make since they think Devin is is their star for the future. And, um, and that's really what brings us to the the next team which is the bucks which have to do the same thing for their star for Giannis, the two-time mvp Ooh. huge huge trade for the bucks this is huge yeah woge bomb dropped last night i think and that was drew holiday um heading over to the bucks uh followed quickly by bogdan but bogdanovich heading to the bucks humongous trades that make the bucks even stronger than they were before takes out eric bledsoe who was um you know, a solid player, a decent defend, a good defender for them, but in the playoffs really shrank and did not do a great job. And so they gave up quite a bit for uh, for Drew Holiday, but uh, I think it definitely makes them a much better team. So, oh, I think Mock is on the line. Mock, are you here? Hey, I've, I've been listening, trying to figure out when I can enter, but you guys keep going. Oh, no, this this is you, man. Tell us about Drew Holiday and the Bucks. I know you love him. I love him, but I feel like, we're at a point where he's been underrated for so long. I feel like he's now overrated. Uh, 
it, it, it's not it's a nice move for the Bucks. I just don't know how nice it is really because I mean obviously he's still gonna be the second option behind Giannis and those same issues that Giannis had you know going into this year after this playoffs where they almost got swept by the uh, by a Heat team, uh, those issues are still going to be there. So, Drew Holiday, he, he brings a lot. Uh, he's very good, solid defensively, but offensively, like I don't know, like is he that 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 much of an upgrade over uh, Bledsoe? I would say Bledsoe is a huge enigma. Um, you just don't know what you're going to get. Sometimes he's you know in discussion for almost all NBA or even all-star level point guard play. I think yeah. he had a couple stretches the last couple of years where he's been in those discussions. But when it comes to the playoffs, he's always shied away from those big moments, uh, making the right play. I, I don't know. Like for me, I, I do have a little more trust with Drew Holiday, but I do agree with you. Does this really make the Bucks or... This, uh, I think the three of us agree that this is an upgrade, but how big of an upgrade it, is it really? And at the same time, this is also perception for, you know, their crown jewel, who's, who's Giannis. Mm. And I know, Mock, you and I, were not as high on Giannis as others. He is a two-time MVP. If he does leave, the, the franchise is basically done. So they have to do everything they can in their powers from now until um, he becomes a free agent to kind of keep him happy. This it's, is it's the state of the NBA, right? Like there's 10 superstars, there's 30 teams. So if you're one of the 10 teams with these, um, you know, f- franchise level or the face of the league type of players, you just have to overpay and do what you can because they are really holding these teams hostage. This is a bet on Giannis and it is every NBA executive and media person loves Giannis. We are the podcast for whatever reason that does not love Giannis and sees all the flaws that, you know, folks saw towards the end of the the playoffs, but uh, I guess kind of forgot about. And again, believe him to be the the one A option that can take a team to the finals. Um, and I guess if you believe that, like you like you said, Albie, if you think that you have one of those top tier superstars that can take you all the way, you do have to do everything in your power to make him happy, to keep him there, and to give yourself a fighting chance the next season and in coming seasons. Uh, to the point about Drew Holiday versus Eric Bledsoe, is it an upgrade? I think it is a huge, huge upgrade. Um, I think Drew is way, way better, um, both on offense and on defense. I don't know if the stats will back all of that up, but I know that Drew has been close to a 20-point game scorer several years, seven or eight assists. Um, if you guys recall, two years ago, um, when they uh, when they took down the Blazers in the first round, he was killing both Dame Lillard yeah, and C.J. McCollum like, at the same time. <laughs> this guy is incredible at defense and in offense. I think he is a perfect fit for the Bucks. But we were texting about this earlier. He's really a perfect fit for anybody. That's why he's been in conversations right. about the Nets, about the Clippers, the Lakers. Everyone's like, oh, we could take Drew Holiday because he's just the guy that could be on any of these teams yeah, as a he's, second he's, two AS. Yes. yes, he's the ideal secondary guard, right? Because every every guard that we consider star in the NBA are all ball dominant. They, their uses ratios are super high. And someone like Drew Holiday, who I feel like does all the things that players in 2020 doesn't want to do um you know playing defense rebounding just just being a solid role player i think this is perfect but i mean if you look at this trade again in a vacuum i think mock and i align in in terms of draft capital draft capital is just draft capital until the players are chosen and until the players actually become something so i think potential is only potential but if you look at the players that uh, Milwaukee shipped out and the players that they got back. So George Hill and Eric Bledsoe for Bogdanovich and, and Drew Holiday. I mean, that's a huge upgrade. So I think... Um, well, they had to give up DiVincenzo and Ilya Sova, like decent role players at least, to get Bogdanovich. True, true. For but me, I, I, am, I am lower on depth than, right. than most people are. Sure. And it, it puts the onus on Budenholzer, right, at this point, because... Yikes. I mean, I mean, uh, Bledsoe, he had he had Drew Holiday like numbers before he got to Milwaukee. So I mean, it's all about usage he's and, and getting how, fired this year. Yeah, it's all about how he's used, right? How how these players are used. Like Drew Holiday, yes, he he 
does look like a good fit for any team. I would love for him to be on the Rockets. Uh, but at the same time, like it, it's all about like is he just gonna be a spot up shooter come crunch time in, in Milwaukee? Like, like they 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 seem committed to kind of force feeding Giannis, and and Giannis has shied away from that time after time in in clutch situations. So if Drew Holiday can, they definitely needed someone to to pick up that slack. But again, I don't think it's a it's a necessarily an issue of ability when it comes to Bledsoe. It's just like it's it's Bud's system, right? Uh, yes, I mean I yes and no. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. It's it's all it's all of the it's all of the factors, Because I think we've been talking about Bled, or maybe I've seen Bled as someone who should be much better. And I think I've always had that view for the entire eight years of his career. Like I think this is just who he is. He's inconsistent mm. yeah. at his peak. He's a great player, and sometimes he just doesn't show up. But you're right. That's you make up a really good point the gap in terms of coaching talent and coaching ability with coach bud versus Spolstra nurse and Stevens is huge. And I think they're always going to be one step below those three teams just because of the coaching disadvantage. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Drew holiday is an upgrade. I'm just wondering how much of an upgrade it is. Like, is it enough to take them all the way to the finals and, and to the championship? I think to the finals, maybe not the championship, but I, I would say there's players in the NBA that covers the inadequacy of coaching. And I think Drew play, Drew Holiday is one of those players because he just does things naturally that coaches sometimes overlook. Well, let's let's get back to the draft capital because I think that if, in, if it's a vacuum, realm. if it's Drew <laughs> for Bledsoe and Hill, most people would say, yeah, of course. But first of all, I mean, there's there's one thing to take in, into consideration for Drew Holiday is he's on the books this season. Next season is a player option already. Yeah. So one year guaranteed for Drew, and they gave up three picks and two swaps. And that is an unbelievable haul for the Pelicans and for David Griffin. But let's go back, because I think this is important when we talk about um, the players having so much control now and, and being able to push themselves out of, of any place and telling where they want to go. This goes. This really goes all the way back. I think. Um, well, I don't know when it goes back to, but it, thinking about like the amount of of picks and draft capital that that players have um, have gotten or have netted out, I, it probably goes back to the Nets. Uh, pun intended again. So KG and Paul Pierce trade back in yeah. 2013, 14, right? The infamous trade that ended up with uh, three firsts for the Celtics and a swap. Um, I Ugh, think the swap. So annoying. The swap turned into Jalen Brown. I think one of the picks turned into Jason Tatum, who was traded for Michael Fultz. Like, there's so many things that they did for that. They used one of the picks, I think, for Kyrie Irving. Just one of those lessons that you that you would want front offices to take, not to mortgage their future unless you're sure that it's a player that can take you to the next level um, and do it for a long term. And we see over and over again that teams don't really do that. They see a shiny star who looks like an a you know a great player and they just give up a ton of draft capital for them it goes to the rockets a couple years after that um training for cp3 and giving up uh pat beverly lou lou williams montrez harrell a, a draft pick a lot of things for for a guy that brought them to the conference finals close to the finals probably in the long term worth it but a bunch of good players for uh for cp there there and then it moved right into the past couple of years where there have just been a ton of huge trades. So Anthony Davis to the Lakers for um, for four picks, I believe, three picks and a swap, uh, as well as Ingram and Lonzo, Hall, uh, Lonzo Ball. What, uh, the Rockets trading for Westbrook, giving up CP and two picks and two swaps. And then the Clippers trading for Paul George and essentially Kawhi Leonard, giving up four picks, five picks, sorry, two swaps, and Shea, Shea Gilgis Alexander and Danilo Gallinari, who they're, um, you know, probably gonna be able to get something else for. It's just like these guys are netting so so many picks now. It is out of control. Where teams just have no control of their futures anymore. Well, let, let's talk about this draft capital because I, I feel like I'm on one end of the spectrum here, and and Timmy, you're probably on the other. I'm interested <laughs> to see where Albert lies on this spectrum. Oh, Obviously, man. not all draft capital is created equal, right? Like, we have to really distinguish between a true, you know, essentially what ends up being like a top eight pick, uh, like the Celtics got in the Nets Hall, uh, versus all of these other trades that you just mentioned, where for the most part, you know, a crazy injury or, or crazy story 
notwithstanding, like these are going to be late first round picks. So again, like the draft picks, they're they're shiny, they're they're great, they're the unknown uh, just raises that potential through the roof. But I mean, we're talking from from here until the draft. It, it's only a few days, and and tomorrow, if, or it's tomorrow, yeah. So like some of these some of these trades are going to look a lot better today than they do tomorrow after they become like actual players yeah yeah so, drive, driving the new car off the lot obviously yeah you, you lose all the potential i i don't i agree with that late firsts are overrated i don't think they do much I, I mean i think they're proven not to do much i think you get into a problem when you start mortgaging the future when you look at four to four to seven years down the line that's where the nets messed up right they thought that they had a couple great players and they could um you know give up their picks and swap for four years down the line and that's where it really hit them when Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum got the became the top three picks um the same thing happens here when you look at the Rockets trading for Westbrook and giving up a 24 and a 26 pick you know last year I don't think we thought that much of it because Westbrook was you know a pretty good player and we got off CP's contract but now Westbrook wants out Harden wants out which we're going to talk about soon in 2024 or 26 these are, you know, you have no idea if these are going to be late yeah, picks. Well, the, the, 26, Clippers, the 26 could hurt, right? But the 24, it was pretty much understood until, like, Tillman Fertitta did his thing. And and it was pretty much understood that Harden is going to be here for the long for the long term. So it, in that regard, like, his floor is, like, a you know, 45-50 win season. So it, it's, yeah. it, it's supposed to be a late mid to, to late round pick. I mean, okay, sure. Okay, but they so gave up a 26. They also gave up a 25 swap. The Clippers yeah. gave up 23, 24, and 26, and 23 and 25 swaps. Like, if you just give every single year for five years down the line, sooner or later, if something goes wrong, and now we're, we've seen it proven with all these teams, sure. something goes wrong. Yeah. So I would, I would say one thing, or a couple of things, really. Um, a lot of it is due to circumstance. So, you know, you brought up the Nets in that situation. Uh, if you remember correctly, Mikhail Prokhorov just bought the team. He's trying to make a splash. They're about to open up a new arena. So it's, yes. you, you know, like they, similar to what the Phoenix Suns did, they have to overpay for Chris Paul. At that point, Mikhail Prokhorov, uh, what's his name? Prokhorov, he had to just do whatever he could to build excitement and have a winner. Obviously, it was the wrong move looking at it hindsight, but those are situations or circumstances that, um, very savvy GMs should be able to take advantage of, advantage of, and I think Danny Ainge is, you know, one of the better GMs out there. Um, the oh, other man. thing, the Good other, I, I just quick note, I can't wait till we get to the GM rankings, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. the other thing is, unfortunately, in 2020, with play, the players now are younger than ever, right? We're getting older than ever, yeah. and these kids growing up, they want to live in big cities. That's just the truth. Okay. And so a lot of these small market teams or middle market teams, the only way they can actually build their teams is through the draft. So they're not going to be able to attract free agents. They're not going to be able to, um, you know, convince a, a big name player to to go there via trade. So for them to for them to build their team up or for them to create excitement for their fan base, they have to acquire all these assets. And I think Mock, you and I are, are closer in alignment in terms of the assets what potential really means, what draft capital really means. But if you're OKC, you know, this is really the only way you can kind of build your team and, and field your team for the next few years. Um, but if you're a, a big market team and you know that you have the big advantage, all the all the large players or premier players want to come to your city, um, you're more than willing to just give up those picks. So um I I'm interested to see what uh, what the Thunder do next, right? That that's the big right. thing. Presti can collect dozens of draft picks, which which he has done. Um, but you know, long term, you need players. You, you can't just have all these draft picks. And you know, it's it's kind of working where there's always a player that wants out, right? Like we didn't expect Harden to want out. Um, and so you know, there's if there's always somebody out there, and now the Thunder have you know the best package to get those players. Yeah, we just got to see what ends up happening, right? Because we need Presti and the Thunder to actually do something with all these picks before it's actually yeah. going to mean anything. I mean, I hate to say it, and I know I don't live in New York or L.A. or Chicago, but these small market teams, unfortunately, are becoming farm teams of the larger teams. So, sure. you know, Presti's going to have 15 picks, and maybe he's going to hit on a few of them, and they're going to become stars like, you know, KD, Harden, and Westbrook. But... You know, once their first contract is up or even their second contract is up, 
and they don't win, they're going to want to leave and, and join these larger market teams. And I think that's just the, the cycle of the NBA today. And it's only going to be more apparent as, you know, these younger kids grow up. Well, yeah, I mean, that's we, we saw that with the Thunder with Paul George, right? Like they they were able to swap some things that they got. They swapped um, Serge Ibaka for Oladipo and Sabonis and then swapped them for, for PG. Already a great deal in itself, but then he only lasts there for a couple of years and once out. And so that's how they get another haul. And it just keeps going around and around. But sooner or later, the Thunder need to do something with it. Like we talked about, they just... I don't know what's what's next for them, and that's that's where we really figure out what the GM is capable of. Yeah. Okay, let's take another quick break to talk about um, another one of our sponsors, and that's Analytics Capper. Whew, there is a lot of NBA to talk about right now. I hope you guys are getting your futures bets in. Um, it would be great if you could make some money while you're thinking and talking about sports, uh, and An- Analytics Capper is here to help you out. We have the legalization of sports betting across the country in a lot of states and sports bet- betting websites that have been launching with promotions. You can check out Analytics Capper to give you the right place to make with state-of-the-art data analytics, algorithms, and lots of real-life experience, Analytics Capper will give you the best bets every single day. I think they just made a killing on the Masters Tournament recently. Uh, but check out Analytics Capper. Their website is up now. Again, that's analyticscapper.com. Um, that's Capper like a handicapper. And they have daily, weekly, or monthly subscription packages to make sure you're ready to um, take advantage of the spreads, the parlays, and the best bets uh, just to make sure you're always profitable in your betting once again, that's analytics capper, C-A-P-P-E-R. So let's uh, before we jump into you know some of the player movement and free agencies, let me ask you, Timmy, who do you think would be the first pick in the NBA draft tomorrow? Oh, I don't know anything about the NBA draft. Is it so Ball? Lamelo Ball is right now the the favor favorite at minus one fifteen. Anthony Edwards is minus one hundred five, and James Wiseman is plus nine hundred. But Wiseman line, hasn't hasn't talked at all to the Timberwolves, right? Yeah, but this line has moved. It was ball very big as of last night. So this has moved as of today. I think there's a lot more um, discussion and excitement about, around Anthony Edwards. My personal opinion is it's going to be Anthony Edwards. I think uh, he's just more NBA ready. Um, I don't think I think balls just off the court and his dad and all that. I think it's just going to bring his stock down, unfortunately, potentially to three or four. Mark, what do you think about that? I over the last few years, like I, I check out in the off season. I, I know nothing right now. Uh, <laughs> all right, that that's all yeah. you. Sorry. <laughs> No, the, the, the very interesting thing about the draft is the Warriors have number two. Yeah. So are they going to get one of these, quote unquote, you know, stars, up and coming stars? Or are they going to move them, move this pick for for a proven player? I think that's something I'm really excited to watch and intrigued to watch tomorrow night. I mean, and the, this is a bad draft, right? Like these are not great, um, not great top three picks. Is that right? I agree. I think if you look at it from a big picture point of view, this is probably one of the weaker drafts in, in recent memory, but it's different when it's like the day of, right? The day of or yeah. the night of, everyone overrates these guys. And sure. um, the compelling thing about LaMelo Ball is he's like, so his brother is 6'7". LaMelo grew like seven inches and he's like 6'8", six, 6'9". And he's he can do everything that Lonzo does, but better and can shoot. So, um, you know, for someone for a small market team or a team that's that's been used to losing the last few years, it would be exciting to kind of market your team around this guy. So I guess the question is, does he fit well with Towns and Russell? Does he fit well with the Warriors? Does he fit anywhere, everywhere? I don't know. It's hard. He, he didn't play college basketball, so we have no idea. Well, that sounds like something I don't want to bet on. Okay. Um, what else do you guys want to talk about in terms of the trades or draft capital? Let's. Is it time to get into Russ and Harden? Is it time to get into Russ or Harden? I, I guess it is. Um, the Rockets made a small deal yesterday trading away Covington, Robert Covington um, and getting back our favorite guy, Trevor Ariza, for the fourth yeah. time. Yeah. Oh boy! Um, and giving up, I, I think, a pick in the process. We we gave up a pick and Clint Capella to get Covington in the first place about eight months ago, to go all in on Harden Westbrook. And um, now that they and Maury are all pretty much gone, um, they they got rid of him again to get Ariza one more time. Uh, Mock, you're happy about that, right? Another number one. 
I, I'm happy. My my Ariza player T is back in relevance again. Yeah, is he and, gonna be number one again? <laughs> oh, I, that, I that's so. what. Yeah, I mean, Malkin is number one players. Um, I mean, Robert Covington is basically Trevor Ariza seven or eight years ago, right? No, no, no. I don't think so. Is he? He's he's worse. I mean, his defense is better, isn't it? His his help defense is a lot better. His his help on defense, ball yeah. is is nowhere close. Got it. Um, got it. His three point yeah. shooting is not not as good either. You're right. Yeah. I think that's that's the part that like I I was okay with the Capella for Covington trade. I wish we didn't have to give up a first round pick with it, um, but Covington kind of got exposed in the in these past playoffs. Um, like he wasn't able to slow down LeBron at all. Uh, we thought we, he'd put up a better fight there, and like especially the smaller guards. Obviously, he's he's maybe with other teams they won't switch everything and, and force him to guard like the Schroders and the. Uh, and the CP3s of the world, but they they abuse them. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't use the word exposed, Mark. I would say it's just a, a quirky system, and you know, you had Covington playing basically your center. Yeah. And I I don't know, like sure in 2020, that's that could be that could be something interesting, but at the end of the day, like he's not a center, right? It was never going to work. Even, yeah, even if it's 2020, I don't know. Like, I feel like he overperformed, especially when he first got to Houston. He was averaging like three or four blocks a game, which is insane. But the right. fact that he has that ability in him makes him very interesting. Um, I think it's a great move for Portland because we all know how good oh, they yeah. are with, with Nurkic. Sure. Now you have Roko to be alongside Nurkic. I think that's a very formidable team. I don't think you can blame... Um, you know, having the back the small backcourt of Dan and, and CJ any longer. I think right now they have the pieces, and if you don't win, I think you have to blame the superstar, and that's Dan. Yeah, no, the, the, that's a good point. I mean, we're talking about the Rockets, but the Blazers got a whole whole lot better last night, and they um, they've been looking for a guy like Covington for a while. So perfect fit for them. Well, let's that's not, not forget Ariza wasn't able to make it to yeah, the yeah, he didn't even either. play. So yeah, they true. they had a they had a like put mellow on on LeBron. Yeah. I mean Ariza's also like 34, 35 years old, right? So it's 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 almost over for him. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Westbrook and Harden who have recently said that they want out of Houston. Uh Daryl Morey jumped ship at the perfect time. And so Mock, what why don't we go to you, um our resident True Rockets fan. What do you think about Westbrook and Harden wanting out? I I'm sure some of the rumors are true, some are some are false. Uh I just I, I feel like we don't have to trade them. So I, I think we're gonna hold on unless some crazy deal comes along, uh like some crazy value. Um like yesterday's deal for Covington or for Ariza for Covington, like it it showed me that, you know, Raphael Stone, he he he's patient, he knows what he's doing. Like that move, you could interpret it a few different ways, right? You could say this is the beginning of the end, uh they're gonna start to rebuild here. Uh but in a lot of ways, like it, that could that move makes sense whether or not you blow it up or not. Like it gives you a couple more options, it brings you back into tomorrow's draft, um, and and that's great value. Getting two picks for uh, for Covington, that's that's amazing. Uh, I would disagree with that. I mean, I we talked about the the mid to late first round picks just a, just a little while ago. I think. Portland's pick is what number sixteen in a week draft. I I think if if this is trying to you know keep things going with Harden and Westbrook, I'd much rather have Robert Covington right now. I think it's clearly a signal that they're ready to get off of both of those guys, or at least Westbrook and then Harden. I, I know they're going to try, but um, doesn't seem like he's going to budge on his his want to get out of there. So my two cents on this is it takes two to tangle, right? Like everyone's talking about rumors and. Westbrook wanting to go, Harden want to go, whether that's Philly or Brooklyn or wherever. But Houston has actually agreed to a trade, and there has to be a package sent back that is at least worth something um, right. if you were to ship out Harden. So just because there's rumors, just because there's reports, it doesn't mean that something is about to happen. But in regards to the Ariza move, I think is 100% uh, an indication that they are going to blow it up because... The contracts are equal. They are getting paid around 12 to 13 mil a year. Ariza is entering the final year of his deal. So it's an expiring. Yep. They are yeah. clearing out space. I think um, 
in my opinion, if and when Westbrook or Harden are shipped out, Ariza is probably going to get bought out and they're going to have extra space going into the summer and there'll probably be players for the Giannis sweepstakes. So I think, um, you know, this is just another move to clear out space for next summer. I think it's pretty clear that if the Rockets were to get a anything for Westbrook where they don't have to give stuff up, that they would pretty much do it. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like he was, um, with his contract, he's he's at this point a negative, and I think they would give him up if they could find somebody like the Knicks or the Hornets or somebody just to, to take yeah. him and to give us many, anything in many, return. Yeah, many people know I'm a, a Dallas Mavericks fan, but one thing I would say about Houston in this situation is the person that is wrong is P.J. Tucker, man. I feel sorry for that guy. True, he yeah. Better. He needs to be on a team that treats him the right way and put him in position to uh, to really win because I think he's been doing way more than he's asked, and he's covered so many inefficiencies or inadequacies of Houston. So um, as, a, as a Longhorn fan and as a P.J. Tucker fan, I want him to, to go somewhere how do you guys feel about Harden wanting out with two years left on his deal and a third-year player option and being offered a two-year extension at $50 million a year, tax-free in uh, in the great state of Texas, wanting his way out of here to go play with KD and Kyrie in in, uh, in New York, <laughs> New Brooklyn? Um, Mock, what do you think about that? These kids ain't loyal, man. Like, <laughs> like it, it's, it's... Old the, man take. I mean, it, it's, it's the LeBron Get era. It's the... Le- it's the LeBron effect, man. Like, like they, I mean, we can talk about the grind and everything. And yes, he's put in his time here. I think he's been, what, seven, eight years, seven, eight seasons. Um, all I know is if, if he leaves, I'm not going to be too, too sad about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we're going to get great value, especially after what Drew Holiday and Robert Covington got back. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I know Stone's going to do well there, but um I mean, it would be the end of an era, though. I, I just, I, I won't believe it until I see it. I'll put it that way. It's going to have to be a huge, huge deal that comes back, and that's the great thing. Right. And I, I'm with you. Like, it needs to be a huge deal, and I am excited to see it happen. I mean, I've been looking for it for a couple of years, as you guys <laughs> all know. I am not a huge Harden fan, and I, I feel like he is trying to get out of here. Uh, from a place that has done everything possible, pretty much to appease him. Right? Like Agreed. they got him. A coach that's perfect for him. They traded for his buddy Westbrook. They got rid of Clint Capella. They've they've done every single thing possible to make this team a success. And at this point, you can't blame the organization. You can only blame yourself and take it upon yourself and do what you know. Very few players are willing to do now. Like a Dame Lillard is the only guy that we know of that is that's sticking it. with his team. Yeah. Um, you know, amidst a lot of difficulties, Harden is not willing to do that. He wants to to blame the organization or just say that this is not a place where he can contend or win. And he wants to go jump ship to a, a different contender. To you, would you find good riddance? Would you respect him more? Would you respect him more if he stayed <laughs> and never won? I I would respect him more. I don't think I would like him anymore. <laughs> see, I don't see. I don't know. It's it's a very interesting discussion because, sure, like this this is the easy way out. He doesn't want to try to make it work here, but you know he's put in his time. And it to me, it shows that he does want to win. If he doesn't think Houston can do it, he thinks another team can. And the fact that he turned down $100 million, I think it's, to me, like I, I think we had sure. a, a chat, you know, it, it shows I approve and disapprove. Like, it's like, okay, it shows me that he actually cares and wants to win and is, isn't yeah. about the money. And honestly, James, I mean, I think the three of us, no matter how you feel about him as a as a type of player, but he is one of the best scorers this game has ever seen. And I think if he joins KD, and I know that's just a rumor and they're friends, he would instantly become the best number two option in the history of the NBA. Like, yeah, it would be it would be incredible. And honestly, they would have if I was if I was running the Nets, I would do everything to get James Harden. And also everything to move Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in that way, Harden is like the best backup plan for KD ever, right? Like, if things go sour with Kyrie, or if they could just move him, it's great to just get Harden in the picture. Um, yeah, he would definitely be the best number two scoring option in the history of the league. I don't know if Shaq and Kobe would like what you said, or Magic and Kareem, or uh, or Steph and KD. Um, but 
let's go to like what the options are. Um, yeah, Mach, the let, Nets let's don't, assume the Nets don't have enough. Yeah, let's assume this, these are you know this is happening. The Nets are offering what Karis Levert, Spencer Didwitty, uh, Jared Allen, and picks probably like a boatload of picks. Um, is that, that that's not enough, right? No, so I, I mean I, 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 I like. I think the yeah. hall has to be less than AD. I'm sorry, because I think James Harden is 31, 32. Um, so he he's still a great player, and he's still an All NBA player, first team All NBA. But that's to me, that's the difference. He's like five or six years older than AD during his trade. So I think he, in my opinion, if all things were equal, and I I know Drew just raised the price up like crazy last night. Yeah, but. Um, I think from a, you know, just looking at it comparatively to AD, I think he should get no more than that, but he should get more than what, uh, PG was able to get back for OKC. It's hard to compare these. I mean, the Drew and the, and the AD trades similar in the pick capital that was sent, but then the Pelicans got back Brandon Ingram who became an all-star and they got back Lonzo Ball who's looking really good. So like they got a lot. I still think that's the biggest de- or much bigger deal than the Drew Holiday deal. The PG trade, it's hard to compare again because, you know, it, it was really the only way they could get Kawhi, right? So they're able to get like a couple extra picks from that and a prize in Shea Gilgis Alexander. So hard to say. I mean, I think it needs to be in that range. I, I don't think it need. I don't think it can be less than three firsts. Um, yeah. And, I agree. You know, some players, yeah, right? It should be, it should be four firsts and like one or two starters. Would you guys be okay with that? No, <laughs> it's all about like, alternatives. You're right? not. You're, you're never right. You're if you're trading the best player, you're never gonna get equal value. Well, I, think, I need I need at least like a plausible franchise level guy. And and uh, as much as I love Lavert and and Dinwiddie, like they're not it. Their ceiling is not anywhere close. To so you so you want it to all star. You want it to be with the Sixers. You want either Embiid or Ben. Yes, and and Embiid would be best for me. Uh, Ben, I mean, are, are we assuming that Westbrook's also gone? They're the yeah. same player. But, I do no, not want to see Ben and Westbrook <laughs> on the same team. We assume that Westbrook is gone. I, I think that's a given, especially if Harden's out. I, I think if if Harden's gone, we're restarting. We're going to reset, a, you know, do whatever's Man, possible. If, it, if it's Ben and Westbrook, again, P.J. Tucker, I am so Hilarious. sorry for your situation. At least Man. Ben plays defense. That's that's the big difference there. I If it's the Sixers... I mean, first of all, I, I don't know if that's going to get done because Daryl Morey obviously probably is not in a great um, great situation with the Rockets at this point. I don't know if they're going to make a deal. Especially with um, the owner, right? There's no way Frittata is even going to take his call. Why Frittata? Man, delicious egg egg breakfast. What's his name? Frittita. <laughs> Frittita, sorry. Frittata, <laughs> Frittita. No, no. I, tomatoes, tomatoes. I, I agree. Fertitta has been a thorn in our flesh since he came in. I, I don't think that he's going to be able to get that done. But if it were between Embiid and Simmons, I would take Simmons. Um, I do not I think that's where you and I agree to me. We disagree with Muck there. I think I think uh, Ben Simmons, we, we know who Joel is, and I think he's a great player. I think you guys know he's in my top 10 list. But Whoa. The, the hardest he's ever tried was in an all-star game, right? He's never really been passionate about winning. Maybe he did, you know, after the big loss to to Toronto. the Raptors a couple of years ago. But I mean, he he just doesn't. To me, he doesn't have that alpha mentality. Whereas Ben, for all his shortcomings as a basketball player, I don't think you can ever worry about his effort or his willingness to to try to win. And I think his his ceiling at this point is higher than Joel's. I is want it, to see higher than Giannis. Is is who higher than Giannis? Is uh, Ben Ben Ben's... is a good passer, man. There, you know I, mean, I love the good passers. You, you're not going to get like a lot higher than Giannis, right? There's only a couple of players in the league that, yeah, that a anybody would MVP. say. Yeah, it's like you'd say like Luca over Giannis. That that might be even. Oh, easy. I don't even know easy. if I don't know if everybody in the league would say that. <laughs> Obviously, you and I'll be. But I think Ben is probably as close as you get to that. I I for one would be a lot more worried about Embiid's health and his longevity. And, you know, you said he tried in that All-Star game. I think he tries hardest on social media. That's that's about it. Um, Jeez. In trash talking. Shots. Yeah. I, I would much rather have a guy that is locked Dude. in defense like Ben Simmons and give him a team to run and see what happens. Don't tell me MV doesn't care, man. Like, he cried, man. He cried after a Kawhi shot. Uh, that's not caring? I guess. That that doesn't make me, like, want him more because he, just because he cried. 
I mean, if it comes down to Simmons versus the Nets package, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Simmons. And, yeah. Uh, I, I hope they throw in, like, Thibault, too. Uh, it's just... Oof, I, that'd be I nice. Don't, yeah, would just, be involved, yeah. Thibault, our, our next Robert Covington. Like, I, I feel like the Rockets can hold off for a better a better trade, if any. Than the Nets package, right? Than both. Than both Nets and, and the Sixers. I package. don't think you're going to get better than, than Ben Simmons. Like, who is the up-and-coming star that's going to be available for James Harden? I mean, how, Bradley how Beal, many... Bradley Beal's 26. I know yeah, how, how many 25, him, but... 26-year-olds are better than Ben Simmons in general? Dude, Ben Simmons is... Again, ceiling is crazy. Like, you guys are... You guys are going back to draft capital talk. Like this is this is ceiling. This is this is uh this is how some people still view Giannis. Like he, he's only year year seven or year eight. He's he's still really young. But at a certain point, like these guys have been playing basketball for a long time. If they don't have a jump shot now, they're not going to get a jump shot three years down the line, man. It's just not happening. Their game is what their game is, and Simmons has the same drawbacks as. Yeah, I mean, as much as we hate on Giannis, he's he's scoring thirty points a game, man. And I agree. No, I agree. So ben, Simmons, ben Simmons, I just has, don't know. Ben Simmons has a lot of holes in his game, right? Right. I agree with that, but I think I don't know. As a if I was a Houston fan, I would rather just have a player I know that is going to be there uh, mentally and physically. And I know Ben Simmons recently got hurt, but you just have that question mark with Joel and. The fact that yeah, you know, the fair. fact that this is even a discussion because Joel is by far the better player now and has been the be- better player, way more accolades. The fact that this is even a discussion not between not only between the three of us, but you know around NBA circles goes to show you that people don't believe in Joel Embiid, and so yeah. um, you know as a fan, you know I I wouldn't want to go from James Harden, who's who's wants and motivation or his conviction to the game has always been in question i don't want to go from that to another you know carbon copy okay let me let me give you guys some options for young players who you would want rather than ben simmons okay you ready yeah De'Aaron fox (laughs) i mean he'd be exciting at least so you okay uh carl anthony towns I, I put him below. Okay. Jalen Brown. Below, yeah. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Below. DeAndre Ayton. Below. Trey Young. Way below. Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, I mean, I mean yeah, because J- Jamal Murray's nice. not going to be traded, right? Like, yeah. Donovan Mitchell is not going to be traded for him. Bam Adebayo is not going anywhere. Who else is Devin Booker's not going anywhere? Who else is there? Bam is interesting. You don't think they would put Bam out for a hard? Absolutely game? not. Jeez. Do you, you do? <laughs> um, so. probably not. I mean, Bam is Bam is awesome. I think the, all three of us love Bam, but yeah, I would have moved him for Harden. I would move him for really. Giannis. I would move oh, him man. for any of these stars. Jimmy Butler. If, Jimmy Butler would leave as soon as Harden arrived, man. <laughs> <laughs> Get that guy away from him. Dang, they need to have Jimmy Butler and Russell Westbrook on the same team. Oh, man. I, yeah, th- there's not much better that we can get than Ben Simmons. I, I will stand with that. I mean, Embiid is, is great too, but any guy like that, any of the guys I named, to be honest, is is pretty good already as a stud um, to start. You know. It's just, I, I, there's a lot of pause on my end whenever we bring in like age as a major factor. Just because that brings sure. in like the whole potential, that brings in like takes out all the circumstances that we've talked about. Like who, who knows if we bring in Simmons and he like who who's to say that he's going to be here for five years? You know, until he's thirty. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're so they're only two years apart, Ben and Joel. And I think that the bigger question, really, and I know again, Ben just got hurt. It's just Joel's injury history. Yeah, he didn't play for basically two full years, and even when he does play. He he's what sixty to seventy percent of your regular season games. Like he's, I don't know. Like to me, he's he's a he's a star and he is a max player. But the ROI that you get back from the amount of dollars you spend is is fringe because he misses so many games. 
All right. So we've talked about all the draft hauls that some of these big names have gotten over the years. And that's really getting us to our front offices, the best GMs and uh, and basketball operations guys in the league. Uh, we had a couple of tweets and texts going around about Sam Presti and where he stands. Malk and I disagree a little bit. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about NBA front offices and uh, I guess GMs in particular and rank them. Actually, should we draft them? <laughs> I don't know if there's can enough. I just, can I just spectate? I just want to hear the discussion between you and Mock. Okay, let's just go me and Mock. We will take turns naming off some of our favorites. Um, it'll be a, a pseudo draft, if you will. Okay. And uh, Mock, I'll let you get first pick. Ooh. Uh, first pick, give me, give me Masai. Ooh. We're going to Toronto first. Yeah, give me the president of operations over there. Uh, love this guy. I, I just feel like I know he's not the actual GM; he's the president. But that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, it, great front office, great culture. Uh, he, he's made some great moves personally when he was even when, back when he was with Denver, uh, getting a good haul back for Carmelo, and I just I just think he's a great guy who builds a winning culture, kind of. Kind of wherever he goes. Um, yep. The Kawhi trade was was great in all respects. I know they kind of bought him low and on on the injured side, but uh, everything worked out great. And and obviously, even without Kawhi, they're still quality. That's With a, that being said, pick. guys, what a what a great job! The actual GM of Toronto does he do anything? Isn't <laughs> I don't know his name. His name is Bobby Webster. He's our oh, age. Oh, I had no idea. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I googled uh, yeah. them earlier today because I had no idea who the actual GM was. Good call. I, I, yeah, had did not know that at all. I, yeah, it's fine if we just pick the, you know, the name on the franchise that we would think of. And so that's what I'm doing with my number one pick, and that's Pat Riley. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Whew, I mean, he's got the longevity factor. He's done it so many times, from Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway to you know trading for Shaq to, of course, you know LeBron and and Bosh in in 2010, uh, and now Jimmy Butler. So he would be an easy pick for me as a, a top executive. Are we? Yeah. Let, we're, we're snaking this, right? All right. Yeah, go for it. Oh man, um, I I haven't thought this far through, but give me my, give me my man. Let's go, Daryl Morey, number there he three. Is. Yeah. yeah. He's up there no matter what. I mean, obviously, two lifelong Houston fans here, so I mean, he's easily got to be at the top. Yeah, I was long. You haven't been a fan for like eight years. I've I've loved Daryl Morey for a very long time. I, I, <laughs> yeah. You you notice I said lifelong Houston fans, right? That's yeah, Morey has been consistently like a like a top three rocket favorite of mine for like the past. For his duration here, I feel like in, players included, like he's always he's always up there. Uh, I feel like uh, just off the top of my head, he's made maybe two, three big mistakes uh, in his time here, and, and those were all like in search of bigger moves, like uh, like the Lynn trade comes to mind where we yeah. missed out on on Bosch, yes, um, and and Ryan Anderson where uh, yeah that that contract became an albatross, but. Uh, yeah, Mori Mori is great. Uh, two picks will, for you. Let me go. I'm gonna go with Buford. Uh, oh, you're going with the Spurs, who have done nothing good in in what four years? Cool. Uh, it's been it's been it's been a year and a half, two years maybe. Uh, but they're I feel like their scouting is, is the top in the league. Uh, Riley is getting well, up there, especially we- with his last couple of picks, but. Buford, like the Spurs, find people out of nowhere. Uh, do they? And, do they still? They don't, man. I, I guess I'm looking at it more in terms it's of. Re- are we talking scouting right now? Fifteen years. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm I mean, glad they, you. They I'm glad you took him. For the guy, the guy got fleeced by Masai. I mean, sure they had to move Kawhi. They had no leverage. Yeah. I know, but to get what he got back, I mean, it's. It would have been a great trade in like 1995, but not in 2019. I mean, who are who are the players that they've scouted and picked and developed since Kawhi? It's really just Kawhi. What, like Dejounte Murray, Derek White? Murray. Murray's... It was supposed to be Derek Wright, uh, but or Derek White, but uh, in my opinion, he hasn't lived up to 
No, he hasn't. What he can be. And DeJounte Murray is, again, it's all potential. And that, that to me, is kind of fake pot- potential because people do or people are enamored with his length, his athleticism, and plus he's like Team LeBron. So he gets that as well. But, I mean, has he really done anything? Nope. I don't yeah. think so. Nothing. Yeah, sounds like sounds like Ben Simmons. All right. Uh, I'll go with uh, I'll go with I'll go with Myers then. Uh, I'm gonna give the Warriors a little credit. Uh, really, just being able to keep that court together and overrated. Overrated, maybe, but he gets value when when he can. I still can't believe like he he was able to first get. Uh, Durant over there in free agency, and then when Durant went on to leave, also get the sign and trade. Like he, they just get it done, man. And and he did. There's a lot of luck there involved, but I feel like circumstances always bring the luck, right? Like, like uh, he, he, with he with Curry's injury, yeah. Like Curry's first contract or Curry's injured contract, where he's like twelve, thirteen million a year, allowed them to really build this, but. Got to give credit where it's due. Uh, okay. I mean, the three championships, you, you can't, like, argue with it. Uh, I mean, he did inherit a lot of this stuff. I, I don't think he's the guy that even drafted Curry, as far as I know. Uh, he, Yeah, you he started say, in 2011. You can't, say, you can't say three championships, though, because consider someone like, uh, what's his face, Jerry Krause a good GM because he had six? Uh, yeah, he was, though. Jerry Krause was a, was a great GM. <laughs> okay let's the, let's move on i i'm fine with you taking both rc and bob myers i'm gonna go uh this is pretty easy for me i'm gonna go david griffin and sam presti back to back griffin yeah griffin griffin is good griffin is probably underrated until until the last day or so uh definitely recency bias i agree yeah, Mozgov, man. Do people already? Feel yeah, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he, he left Cleveland in a pretty bad situation, but yeah, I mean, but he left them in a bad situation, but he was in that situation because he had to be right. Like he was doing what the Bucks have been are doing now for Giannis. He was making LeBron happy multiple years. They won a championship out of it, and they had to give up a lot of the future. But you know, you win yeah. a championship, and that's that's what matters. Yeah, I have on my list. He's he's top. Six, yeah. So what's your what's your beef with Sam Presti? Okay, so for for Here me, we when we talk about uh, GMs, right? GMs, like, it's a multifaceted position, obviously. Like, there's a lot that goes into it. It's, it's not just accumulating draft picks, which, yes, he's done a great job of doing the past couple years. Uh, it's, it's... So... It's hiring the right people, uh, hiring the right coach for sure, like personnel decisions all around. Uh, it's trades and it's it's drafting, uh, and and I just feel like he's lacking there. Like, just from a from a personal standpoint, OKC he he had so many years to with that core, like he, that he kind of lucked into with you know three top four picks in in I don't know what a five six five year span. Like, it's yes, he hit on he hit on those three picks with with Durant, uh, Westbrook, and Harden. That's but three years in a row. Was it back to back to back? I think it was oh seven oh eight oh nine. Yeah. So yes, he he kind of lucked into that in terms of having that ability to draft that high back to back to back years, and he did hit hit on all three. But and surge. You you gotta you gotta build around that like. How many years were they like one shooter away, and and they couldn't bring in anyone to to fill that gap? Like I don't know. Like in, in the same ways, I, I give Buford and and you want to talk about Kraus a lot of credit for for just getting it done, like reaching the pinnacle. Like Presti had so much opportunity, ample opportunity with that core, and 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 fumbled the bag. Like it's. Maybe I, maybe I give him too much blame for that, but I, I just I, I don't see him doing much more than what he's supposed to be doing in terms of getting value back for good players when they want to leave. Like that's pre- that's pretty good points. I um I, I'll I'll give that to you. You didn't even mention the Harden trade, which is obviously the biggest blunder, which is you know cancels out pretty much everything good that he's done. 
Um, I, I definitely have the recency bias from the last three years and him, like I mentioned earlier, getting Paul, well, trading Ibaka for stuff and then trading that for, for PG and then trading PG for the mother load, trading Westbrook for CP and now or it's just been like time after time of getting assets for great players. And you mentioned like, that's, it should be pretty easy. I think he's just squeezed as much as humanly possible out of those last four or five trades. Um, but yeah, definitely huge flaws in those first few years where, you know, he just couldn't get anybody better than, than Thabo Cephalosha. That's, that's all they could do. They couldn't get a shooter. Um, it's a big stain. Um, uh, we may have lost Albie a little bit, kind of hard to hear him. So, um, Mock, let's go with uh, let, let's just do one more each, unless you have a bunch on your list. That was that was my list. I oh, had you don't have any more. I, I I feel like when it comes to GMs, like there's there's so many bad teams and so many like you know there's a lot of bad, there's a lot yeah. of bad teams. Like yeah. like we're talking about top ten or yeah. or irrelevant, you know. So so yes, Presti is he's top ten. Uh, but I just don't know if it's if it's enough to to bring him over the top to enough to like I, I think it comes down to a difference in philosophy almost um, like Albert mentioned before like a lot of these small market teams OKC is probably included in there like they have to rely on the draft uh, whereas a, a team like or a, a guy like Maury like he was I feel like he figured out very early on and and of course, we never tanked. The Rockets never tanked, so he would never have the t- high draft picks in general. But I, I feel like he figured out pretty early on that, like he he only u- viewed those first round picks as assets to to get veterans, to get more established players, and 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 it, it just completely different from what uh, Presti is doing, whether forced or not. So. I guess the book for me is still open on Presti. We'll we'll see, you know, if he's still there in 2026 and he's cashing in on on that Westbrook trade. Uh, finally, uh, kind of what becomes of this team? But I don't know. At a certain point, like it, it's kind of like the Seven Sixers back then. Like you you can trust the process, but at some point you have to figure out when that process is going to end. You know, you have to figure out when when you're actually going to cash in those chips and go for it. And speaking of the process, we we totally left Sam Henke off the list, even though he's not in the league anymore. <laughs> um, you and I, I mean, we disagree in some ways, but we, you know, I put Presti seventh here, and you actually don't have anybody else above him. So I, I think we're actually in the same place. I think he's a very good GM in general, and uh, he's got flaws, like you mentioned. So definitely good points and arguments. So we don't have uh, we don't have Danny Ainge up here, huh? I have Danny Ainge in like a separate category, like. Whoa, so like guys, I, I had, guys you don't like. <laughs> guys I don't like, yeah. Personally speaking, but so who else uh, is there? Like Rob Palinka. Palinka, Palinka, and Presti had in the same realm. Uh, okay. They're like the mid realm, so maybe like seven to nine range. Okay, uh, solid. Yeah, solid. Like they don't do anything special, but they don't mess anything up too badly either. Uh, Ainge, it's so hard to say because he Ainge is really good at taking advantage of other stupid people like like he's he's the guy in the in your fantasy league who always trades with like the dumbest guy you know what i mean like like the nets trade i feel like brought him so much prestige and that he's still living off of but i don't know like he he definitely made the right hire made has made some great hires in uh in brad stevens and uh and accumulated draft capital when he could i just I haven't seen him put it all all together yet. I mean, he picked the right guys too, right? Like getting Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in those years when the drafts weren't that strong. Like the, those are pretty good, pretty good draft picks as well. So the scouting yeah. department's good, the hiring's good. He had the big trade and like some small trades along the way. He's gotten um, like the Kyrie trade, you know, getting rid of Isaiah Thomas at the right time. There's there's been a lot. Yeah, he, he's made minimal improvements. He's He's Jeez. taking advantage of Minimal. of other GMs. <laughs> I mean, that that's the job, right? That's yeah. what everybody does. They, they These GMs do a good job because they are getting the most out of GMs that aren't as good. That's kind of what all of, they, all of them have to do. Yeah. It's a so, zero-sum game. Um, so where do, you, where do you guys put Ames then? I mean, we drafted. He's, he's still here. He's like at number eight. But that might be biased because we don't really love him. 
Albie, what were you I gonna mean, say? If, yeah, I mean, if we if we were doing these rankings back in like 2008 when he just got Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, you know, he's he's probably up there. So it's, and it, 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 I think the good thing about Danny Age, and I don't like him just like you guys, but the good thing about him is he's versatile. He can do the trade or he can do the the drafting. Like we've seen that he can build a winner through multiple ways. The, Things with certain GMs is they only know one style, whether that's accumulating picks, trust the process, or trading for big stars. Um, I think the good thing with Ainge is he's shown that he can win either way, and I think that's a that's a trait that is important. And yeah. you're right, like the the thing that he did with the Nets, I mean, that's fully taking advantage. But he he's the one that did it. Anybody yeah, else could have taken sure. advantage, but he was the one. I mean, there's a reason why he is has such long tenure, right? We're talking about 2008. The only guys, you know, who have been with their teams longer are Buford and Pat Riley, I think. Like, it, Cuban. you know, yeah, I mean, Cuban's the owner. Owner's yeah. got to be different in this I, case. I so. forgot, I forgot Ainge was there for that long. So, yeah, he, he's up there. All right, well, let's wrap this up. Hopefully there haven't been any big trades since we started recording, what, like an hour, 20 minutes ago? It's been a long podcast. But thank you guys for joining Six Pennies Podcast. As always, rate and review us on iTunes. Leave us a comment on Facebook and join us again next time. Thanks. Thanks.